What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2022. Some news over the weekend. Actually, a lot of news over the weekend. We're going to get into some of it today, starting first and foremost with the Miami Dolphins, the newest addition to their 2022 roster. Veteran pass rusher Melvin Ingram reported to have agreed to terms with the Dolphins. As of last night, we're going to talk about implications here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. And your host here on Locked on Dolphins today, Monday, May 16th, 2022. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the games are starting up front for your Miami Dolphins uh, with a little bit more intensity this year as compared to last year with the latest edition being pass rusher Melvin Ingram. It's reported he agreed to terms with the Dolphins yesterday and will be signing a contract with the Miami Dolphins. So here's everything you need to know about pass rusher Melvin Ingram. He is 33 years old. He will be 33 all season long. Uh, six foot two, 250 pounds. Former first round pick number 18 over on the 2012 NFL draft with the then San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers. He has spent time between the Los Angeles Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He left the Chargers after 2020, signed in Pittsburgh, played about half the season, wanted an opportunity to play somewhere else, played the second half of the year in Kansas City with the Chiefs. Flirted with the Dolphins last summer and now, sure enough, has signed and is or is or has agreed to sign and will land with the Miami Dolphins. A career 51 sacks and 74 tackles for loss for Melvin Ingram. He's made three Pro Bowls, 2017, 2018, and 2019. But here's the important point of emphasis that does need to be made. And I know I mentioned this when the Dolphins hosted Melvin Ingram on a visit. Don't expect a Pro Bowl player. And that's no slight against what Melvin Ingram has in the tank. It's just kind of the way maturation works for the vast majority, unless you're a one percenter of players in the NFL. Melvin Ingram, for a stretch of time from 2015 to 2019, had 14 and a half, 15, 25, 35, 43 sacks over that five-year stretch of time from 2015 to 2019. He has two sacks since. And he's missed some significant time. He missed half of 2020, missed a couple of games this past season. But that's not why you're signing Melvin Ingram. We've talked on this podcast, and we talk a lot over the draftnetwork.com, about team life cycles and teams in different chapters of their rebuilds approaching roster building with different mentalities. And when the Dolphins added Sony Michelle, we kind of pointed to that on the offensive side of the ball and said, this is a sign that the Dolphins view themselves as in a different chapter of their respective life cycle. You have 
rebuilding teams. You have young contenders. You have win-now mode. You have long-term contenders. And then you have directionless franchises. That Those are the classifications that we over the Draft Network try to use to apply to the 32 teams across the NFL. And the Dolphins are looking to transition from being a young contender to a long-term contender. And the way that this move helps back that mentality is obviously Melvin Ingram is 33 years old. By bringing in players who are longer tenured in the league, it's not just, oh, we want to bring in guys with developmental upside. There is no developmental upside with Melvin Ingram. The upside to Melvin Ingram is what he is right now, and if you could protect him and play him in the proper role, then there's going to be a benefit for both him and the players behind him who get to learn from him throughout the course of the week, much like Teron Armstead on the offensive side of the ball. That's the appeal for a Melvin Ingram. So take this signing. Don't assume this is an automatic starter. Don't assume this is somebody who's playing two-thirds to three-quarters of your defensive snaps. In a perfect world, you can use Melvin Ingram in a couple of different spots. On the early downs, I'd ideally like to see him get looks and rotations based on matchup specificity as an early down outside linebacker. I think that is one area for Melvin Ingram that makes a lot of sense. If you are looking for the pass rush downs, and of course, 51 career sacks, 119 career quarterback hits, had a stretch of time where he was consistently manufacturing a lot of pressure. You can play Melvin Ingram as somebody who can be in an Andrew Van Ginkle type role. Or alternatively, you can mug up and take some of those Duke Riley slash Sammy Guavin reps as a two-point stance defender mugged up in your interior gaps, in the B gap, and, and st- or in the A gap, and stood up and play games and twist with him. Those are areas that traditionally Melvin Ingram has performed very, very well at. So you have a couple different courses of action and a couple different pathways to getting on the field for Melvin Ingram amidst this Dolphins defense that has a lot of talent. I know that their four-man front last year in which they put Andrew Van Ginkle as the weak side end, and then they put Vernon Butler, Vernon Butler, Adam Butler, uh, as one of the interior rushers, and then you put Emmanuel Agba reduced inside and put Jalen Phillips outside of him. That was a pass rush sub-package defensive line that had a lot of success. Now imagine that four-man front, but potentially implementing Melvin Ingram as what J.T. O'Sullivan of the quarterback school would refer to as a spinner. Uh, A spinner, according to J.T. O'Sullivan, this came courtesy of the pass protection course that he did for QB school, which I would recommend for any football fan who wants to intimately get to know the game and get to know the differences between your five-man, six-man, seven-man max protections, how they work, how you're identifying the mic, who's going to be responsible for who. Positionless players, and I say that with air quotes, Uh, because Melvin Ingram is not necessarily somebody that I would consider to be positionless, but he has positional versatility based on your sub-package groupings who can move all around the front and create and manufacture mismatches based on their power. If they're rushing from a linebacker position and they're drawing the running back in pass protection, that's going to be a dramatic advantage to the defensive side of the football as compared to if you're going to rush him off the edge or if you're going to put him in a, a five tech and have him crash inside, 
all of those different ways that he needs to be accounted for amidst the front gives you positional versatility that, yes, I do think Andrew Van Ginkle brings you, but I think Melvin Ingram's more refined as a pass rusher. He's not as explosive as Andrew Van Ginkle, and you would expect that, but I would also assume he's better against the run than Andrew Van Ginkle is. So you kind of have a power, a thunder element to go with your lightning element off the edge, and that is kind of a nice summary as far as why I am as excited for Melvin Ingram and his addition to this Dolphins defense as I am. And it, it is coming with the understanding and the expectation. He's probably going to play between 300 and 400 snaps this season, but that's plenty. And if you're asking him to do more than that, you're probably doing him and the Dolphins defensive disservice at this point in time, based on where he is at from a physical standpoint at 33 years old. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. Go Heat, Eastern Conference Championships uh, coming up against the Boston Celtics, Major League Baseball, next season's NFL Futures, the NHL, Vamos Gatos. Uh, we are thriving right now with playoff uh, sports in South Florida. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This was a late development uh, that kind of commanded the first segment on today's show, but this was not. Um, the first thing that I had planned on talking about when I was prepping to get on uh, the air today. I actually had a punch list of about seven or eight different storylines that things that I felt were important that I wanted to talk about this week on the show. And one of them that I wanted to put on the forefront, courtesy of Warren Sharp. And Warren Sharp, after the schedule release, which of course came out last Thursday, uh, took a look at rest advantages and disadvantages for teams across the NFL schedule. Warren Sharp's tweet promoting the story came out on May 13th, Friday at 2.30 p.m. It's not just who you play, it's when you play them. The NFL has complete control over it and presented their schedule Unfortunately, this is Warren talking, I found the 2022 schedule less fair and equitable than last year's in many areas. A look into the worst issues. So it's looking at the number of days advantage you have net across the course of the entire season. And I had a couple of listeners who forwarded this my way. I appreciate you guys looking out. I'm glad great minds do indeed think alike. And we're going to touch on this now. It's looking at from week one to week 18. If you play a team that played on Thursday night and you played on Sunday night coming into the next week, you are going to have minus three days of rest relative to that team. If you played on Sunday and your team played the team that you are playing this week played on Monday night football last week, you are plus one day of rest. If you had a bye, 
well, then that's obviously everybody has a buy baked in, and that's where you get the huge one-week advantages as far as rest is concerned. The Dolphins are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, Tenth, tied for ninth in the NFL for most rest advantage days net across the course of the entire season. Across weeks one to week 18, Miami is plus five days across the entire season relative to the opposition for rest going into game day. For a point of perspective, the Green Bay Packers have the worst advantage. They play two teams coming off a bye. They play a team when they're, the Packers are coming off a short week going into Thursday night football. Now, the Packers get the reciprocity of Thursday night football, but they do not play a team coming off the bye that they themselves uh, did not play the, the following week. They're minus 12 days. Buffalo is number one in the NFL, plus 12 days net. So the Bills have the greatest advantage in rest across the entire season of any team. Detroit, number two, with 11. Denver plus is third with plus nine. And you have Dallas and Tampa Bay, plus eight. Carolina, Chicago, Kansas City at plus seven. Cincinnati and Miami are plus five. That's a nice turn of events especially when you pair it with some of the details that came out after the schedule was released from some of the NFL schedule makers. They had a conference call, and they were talking about uh, some of the dynamics that were at play as far as constructing the schedule. And Miami had damn near close to everything that they asked for. Um, Miami, according to this um, conference call from the schedule makers, uh, Chose to play on Christmas instead of Thanksgiving. Done. You got the Packers. Uh, the Dolphins wanted to play Pittsburgh on Sunday night football to mark the 72nd or the 50th anniversary of the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins, who in the AFC championship game that year beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make the bold prediction right now. You can go ahead and put the Dolphins down in primetime in throwback uniforms at home against the Steelers as they celebrate the 50th anniversary of the 1972 team that won the Super Bowl. So uh, calling my shot there, but that was something that was feedback provided to the league and the schedule makers reportedly, according to the conference call by the Dolphins. They got it. Um, Apparently, they were hoping for a home Thursday night football game. Apparently, that was something Amazon was interested for them as well. They, of course, got the road uh, game against Cincinnati. This iteration of the playoffs, the NFL using software and programming now to spit out different iterations of potential schedule combinations. Uh, when they saw that the Dolphins were going to get a Thursday night game, it just so happened to be at Cincinnati against Joe Burrow with Tua versus Joe Burrow. That was a pretty easy selling point as far as getting the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. So the Dolphins, top 10 in the NFL this year in net rest, got the primetime matchup that they asked for, chose to play on Christmas. And the other thing that reportedly they asked for, according to the conference call, was they asked for the West Coast games back-to-back. -back. They got them. 
They go to San Francisco and then to LA Chargers. Those are the only two games in the Western time zone the Dolphins are scheduled to play in the regular season. And they got them both back to back as requested by the team. You can be rest assured if the Dolphins wanted that stacked back to back, I would assume that means you're going to be staying out on the West Coast between those two games. I think that's that's that, that's something you see teams do fairly often when they do have to play uh, on the other side of the country in consecutive weeks. So uh, that's kind of what I'm expecting that strategy to be. And hearing that was something that the Dolphins in submitting feedback wanted to get as a draw, I have nothing that would change my mind otherwise. So. Uh, I'm excited for this development for the Dolphins. Of course, the Dolphins last year had to go overseas and play in London. That was tough. Uh, really, the, the the toughest thing about the Dolphins' schedule right now is the first five-game block or the first four-game block. You've got some AFC conference contenders as, as far as uh, teams who all made the playoffs last year in the AFC field. Excuse me. Uh, Baltimore did not make it, but they are expected to be a heavy contender in the AFC North this year. So you have Patriots made the playoffs, Baltimore getting healthy, Bills, and then, of course, the Bengals who represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. So that, that's a tough four-game jaunt to open it up. And then coming out of the bye, you then have to worry about a home game against Houston and then the two West Coast games back-to-back. And then you have to play the Bills, the Packers, and the Patriots for a really tough five-game stretch at the end of the year, uh, but at least you're only playing two cold-weather games, even though they are divisional games uh, against critical AFC East opponents. In all, um, after letting the weekend settle, of course, we did the the schedule reaction last Friday. Um, I haven't had any change of heart as far as kind of my gut reaction and prognosis to what my expectations are for this team, expecting double digit wins. And based on the dolphins moves and transactions and bringing in guys like Melvin Ingram, they're expecting double digit wins too. So uh, that's uh, action speaking louder than words. The dolphins actions are telling you quite a bit in bringing in these veteran players on short-term contracts without a lot of pay but they're giving guys a chance to play and they're pushing their chips in and they're saying, we think we're close. We think we are an attractive destination. And you are seeing based on the luck that the dolphins had in Tyreek Hill choosing to come to the dolphins with a couple of teams bidding on his services in Toronto Armstead and Sony Michelle and Mel- Melvin Ingram and Connor Williams and Cedric Wilson. Like for all of the player transactions, the dolphins have, have made, they are showing themselves to be an attractive destination coming into 2022. And I think that says quite a lot about the roster that's been built, the mentality of the team, the readiness of the team to start to compete. Now you just have to put it all together. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Built just sent me a box of the birthday cake puffs. Uh, this weekend, and oh my God, are they delicious. It is like eating protein supercharged um, birthday cake flavored 
marshmallow fluff that I don't know if anybody was a big marshmallow fluff fan as a kid, but instead of jelly, sometimes you put the, the, the pillowy cloudy uh, marshmallow goo on your sandwiches. But think of that in a, like a protein bar capsule and it's, to die for. So check them out. You can go to built.com, use promo code lock 15 and save 15% off your next order. That is built.com promo code lock 15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. That is some of the major stuff that we needed to tackle based on the weekend that was, but there is one additional note that I would be remiss to not acknowledge right off the jump. And that is this, the Dolphins and Buccaneers are reportedly poised, according to The Athletic, to hold joint practices in the preseason during training camp. And I, for one, cannot think of a better opportunity to measure yourself, test yourself. And this is not the first time the Dolphins have gone against the Bucs recently. Um, as far as training camp practices, joint practices go. This is, however, um, the first time that the Dolphins in this mentality that the team is carrying as an organization, because the last two years, and I would more specifically say 2020, was still expecting a rebuilding process. And then the team comes out and they start slow and they start one and three, and then they get hot, right? And then the team that offseason kind of strips down a lot of the additions that they had after just one year, and they obviously selected twice in the first round and three times in the top 40, and your expectation is that it's going to continue to be a young roster. Maybe there's a regression. Sure enough, there was. You lost seven straight games, but then you won seven straight games. All things said, you're 19 and 14 over the last two years. But. The Dolphins getting a chance to measure wits against Tampa Bay this preseason, I think is a great primer for what it is going to have to take to contend. Because let's be honest, the AFC is stacked and it sucks. I've gone through playoffpredictors.com four times already and done schedule predictions for all 32 teams this weekend, right? Just different iterations, different kind of, okay, well, what happens if this team comes here? Uh, what happens if this team kind of lays an egg and goes in this regard? There are consistently multiple teams with winning records on the AFC side of the fence based on, on how I'm picking games, based on expectations that I have for the league uh, that are going to miss the playoffs this year. And the Dolphins have been that team in each of the last two seasons, 10 and 6 and then 9 and 8, missing the playoffs both times. It's really hard to be a bridesmaid and not a bride after that stretch of time with the kind of success the Dolphins have strung together the last two years. But on the NFC side of things, Tampa Bay is one of probably five teams that you feel like are legitimate contenders. I would say the Green Bay Packers. I would say the Los Angeles Rams. I would say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would say the Dallas Cowboys. And... Number two in the north is Minnesota. No. Number two in the south is New Orleans. Maybe. I could see them winning 10 games. Uh, I don't expect big things from the rest of the NFC West. Or maybe Philadelphia, but 
I'm just not really ready to go there. So one of like the four legitimate teams that you feel like has a chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So from a Dolphins standpoint, yeah, getting to play a preseason game against Tampa is great, but to have several days of practice to measure yourselves against a championship caliber program on the other side of the fence, that's a great opportunity. And I'm really glad and excited to see that the Dolphins are taking advantage of that opportunity. I hope you will take advantage of this opportunity to come back and see me again soon. We've got, of course, a full week ahead of us here. Lots of stuff to get into. Looking forward to it. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for watching or listening. Make it a good Monday. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.